Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Backstage With, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes with your favourite actors and creatives in the world of musical theatre. Hello, I'm Mikey Worrell. My guests this week are the creators of Whose Mind Is It Anyway, a theatrical experience that combines hypnosis, improv and movie musicals. They are Michelle O'Callaghan and Simon Warner, and they've taken the show to this year's Edinburgh Festival. If you've ever wanted to have your first try at improv in front of an audience, then this is definitely the show for you. They get volunteers from the audience on the stage, hypnotise them, and then those people get to be in it. We recorded this episode in Michelle's voiceover booth, which was extremely cosy, and it was one of the hottest days of the year so far. So that was fun. You'll hear our conversation in a moment, but first, here's how we negotiated our way into position. Get in the corner. I'm in the corner. Oh, you want me to be in this corner? Gosh, this is very cosy, isn't it? We've never had such a close relationship before. Hello and welcome to the annual general meeting of the Agrophobic Society. (laughs) (laughs) We don't like light. (laughs) Oh yeah, there's no light in here. I'm sorry, I have to the lights on now. There is air coming through that, but it may fall off. I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Backstage With podcast. Hello. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Simon Warner and I'm the co-founder of Whose Mind Is It Anyway? And I'm Michelle O'Callaghan and I'm the other co-founder of Whose Mind Is It Anyway? Two co-founders in one place. I know. Marvellous. <laughs> Just tell me a little bit about the show that you're taking to Edinburgh. Whose Mind Is It Anyway? is the first ever and only improvised, hypnotised movie musical show. Basically, the whole point of the show is that we, we've got some of the best improvisers on the circuit and we put them every night with a group of volunteers from the audience who are hypnotised and they take part in a full movie musical with narrative, with songs, with choreography, absolutely everything with their kind of inhibitions out the window from the hypnosis. It kind of takes away their fears, their inhibitions, gives them some confidence and um, they perform as absolute superstars as one cast for one night only. Where did you get the idea to mix improv, musical theatre and hypnosis? <laughs> I've been the hypnotist now, stage hypnotist for about 12 years and I always wanted to do something more with the medium. So I started putting freeform ideas into hypnosis shows about 10 years ago, as in where I'd just give them some characters and I'd interact with them. And uh, when we got together, we put together Viva Hypnosis, which was a Las Vegas-themed hypnosis show. Amazing. And we had some musical numbers in that. With that, it was a great show. We did tour it. We were the first hypnosis show, actually, to be in the West End since Paul McKenna. But I really wanted to feel like I was doing something more with hypnosis. So we had a conversation in, I think it was in... A Cheesecake Factory in Honolulu. Yeah. As uh, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> about three years ago, and the sort of genesis of the idea came from there, didn't it? Yeah, we found out things like that hypnotised people could do so much more than we thought they could do. So we used to have in the old show, we had a bit of choreography that they would copy. Um, and my, my background kind of comes from theatre and improv and um, all that kind of side of things. And um, I thought, I just wonder if you could do so much more. Wouldn't it be great if we could um, get hypnotised people not only to follow choreography, but kind of to follow improvised choreography, to to sing? And at first it started off quite small. It was like, wouldn't it be great if we could get them to join in with an improvised chorus? And now it's turned into... 
They can take whole solos. They can initiate numbers themselves. They can sing in character. And these are people who may never, ever have sung before. And it's actually quite incredible. <laughs> so how does it work in practice? How do you, at the start of the show, what, what happens? Well, at the start of the show, Michelle comes on with the... We have a premise behind the show, which is half the cast haven't turned up for filming. So Michelle will come on as the floor manager and essentially get the suggestion. So we ask the audience just for a title and uh, we will get the title. We don't know the title until we actually start. And then we get some volunteers out of the audience. We hypnotise them. Well, I hypnotise them. We get them playing the piano as if there is a real piano in front of them to a real pianist. And then we reveal the title, we do the opening number, and then the fun starts as we start to... I will give the... So the improvisers will start the scene, I will watch the scene, and give the uh, one of the hypnotised people a character and send them on. And literally the improvisers have no idea what character or what premise I've uh, sent them on. But the interesting thing is, in improv normally, if you walk into the scene, I would say... Hello, Bernard, and you immediately can't become Bernard. But the, the um, hypnotised people, if they have a character, that's their character, and that's who they are going to be. They won't compromise it. Okay, so that can often change the plot in a way that you're not expecting as the actual improvisers. Definitely. We've had examples of towards the end of the shows, normally, the hypnotised people get more hypnotised the more the show goes on. They get more into those characters. Yeah. And um, we've had them completely, like, the improv- the musical improvisers have been working so hard to kind of, like, improvise this you know, wonderful narrative with all, with all the peaks and troughs and, you know, take it to a conclusion that they think is going to be really satisfying. And then a hypnotised person will just go and just completely take the narrative in the direction that they felt was the right way to take it. Hypnotised people are very responsive and very reactive. They don't have that kind of filter of thinking, am I doing this right? Does this serve the narrative? Does this serve the, the, the musical improv? They literally just do what feels right to them. So Which it's is technically so the exciting. whole point. Exactly. Yeah. As an improviser, does it make you want to be hypnotised when you do it? Yes. And um, we've had some of the cast who've already been hypnotised and to feel how it feels. We thought it was important for them to understand it. So the beginning of the development process, we did loads of kind of um, explaining hypnosis, doing some hypnosis things with them. And um, yeah, me, definitely me and quite a few others of the cast have kind of said, wouldn't it be fantastic to be able to go on stage as an improviser and just switch off that bit of you that kind of goes... I can't. <laughs> or that they, overthinking. What yeah, do I do? Exactly. Yeah. And they don't have that. It's so liberating for them. I'd quite like to go to work hypnotised. Yes. <laughs> how does the actual hypnosis work? What can you give away? What can you tell me about what you say and what you do and how you talk to someone when you're actually performing the hypnosis? Well, I can't actually do a hypnotic induction on, you, on your podcast or else everyone who would be listening to it would be, would be hypnotised. But essentially to boil it down, hypnosis is not something that's done by me to you I'm more of a facilitator so I can't hypnotise anybody who doesn't want to be hypnotised so I would say at the start of the show if you don't want to be hypnotised and you're literally just volunteering to prove you can't be don't volunteer and leave some space on stage for people who genuinely want to let themselves go because all hypnosis is is essentially turning off your conscious filter it is as simple as that So essentially what people would learn in an improv class in level one, which is just to say yes, the the hypnotic state is just getting them to say yes. 
it's kind of dispelling those myths. We have these huge stigmas around hypnosis and what it is. Is it an old man with a pocket watch or is it a creepy... Oh, less of the old. <laughs> Sorry. Um... <laughs> Demon headmaster sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Jafar from Aladdin, the snake from the Jungle Book. Yes. We have these preconceptions. Anyone who's seen Jessica Jones, um, like the character of David Tennant's character in that, they tend to be pretty evil and pretty manipulative and um, make people do things that are against their morals and values. And the thing about hypnosis is you can't make anyone do anything that's against their morals and values. That's not how it works. So we kind of have this stigma to overcome that it's not about... Um, it, it's that it's hypnosis is a positive thing. It's not about demeaning somebody or making them feel embarrassed on stage. It's about opening up their creativity. It's about allowing them to, to be free and open and creative and confident rather than kind of restricting what they can do. We kind of focus on keeping them as really positive characters and seeing what they can bring to the narrative and just freeing them up. And the responses we have from them afterwards, we do little vox pops with them afterwards. It's just so fantastic to hear people just saying like, I felt for the first time ever that I was like, I was free and I was creative and, and it was amazing and I want to feel like that again. And that's, that's so good for us to feel like. <laughs> it's an addiction. Yeah, we do get people who are a little bit addicted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not surprised. So are you big musical theatre nuts then? Is that is that one of the, the aspects of, of how this all was all started? Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we both are. And um, we'd worked a lot with showstoppers. So we trained uh, under showstopper. Okay. And um, <clears throat> while that was happening, we uh, that's where we forged some relationships to allow this to happen. So we've got some stoppers in the cast. We've also got um, some... Uh, our, our band, our musicians, our musical, musical supervisor and uh, musical director and percussionist are, are from Showstopper. So we've got a lovely relationship going with them. So yeah, we're both we're both huge musical theatre nuts. And um, it just gave us, we, when we realised how much more we could do with the show rather than just kind of a pure improv show, you know, we thought when you go and see something like Showstopper and it's an improvised musical, you think it already looks magical. And then there's so many people who are sat in the audience thinking, oh, I wish I could be in that. I wish I could do that. But I wouldn't even know where to start. And so then other than going to train and then a very long, very, very long time, this kind of fast tracks people to that, like, oh, I can go and I can be in that show. What are your favourite musicals and styles to, that you get to emulate during your show or that you've had in the past? Well, I'm actually a uh, one of my favourite ones is definitely going back to sort of 60s style musicals and with this being a musical movie it does give me a chance to indulge in my uh, fun of uh, Mary Poppins and we have an improviser called Sedona who does such an amazing Rodgers and Hammerstein it's a real real treat to see. As Simon said, we kind of we, we focus on the musical movie style of things. Right. Obviously, there's some huge crossover between musical theatre and musical movies. We've realised that the kind of musical movie allows us to kind of push quite a lot of the musical styles that we do. So, for me, I love oh, I love kind of to be honest, I'm I'm a bit I'm really into the kind of like the greatest showman style stuff and this kind of like to be honest you say that like you're ashamed there's nothing to be ashamed of contemporary is good (laughs) yeah contemporary is kind of um, I think it's really recognisable for people and I think it's um, for characterisation it allows us to have a huge you know real connection if you look at contemporary Broadway it gives you that ability to kind of really connect with those characters on a very real level and um, that's really exciting when you can do that with this show because there's so many bits there that's so funny and so unexpected and then you'll just get that odd moment where a hypnotised person will have a beautiful very real scene or song with a an improviser and that's where the kind of magic of it comes and you think wow they're really feeling that emotion for example in the in one of the previous shows we did we had um 
we had a character, a hypnotised volunteer who fell in love with one of our improvisers' characters. And um, we spoke to him afterwards and we asked him, how did you feel? Because the scene was so, they did a scene and a song together and then a little bit of kind of split screen kind of like performing, um, all while hypnotised. And um, he said, I just... I really felt warm inside. I really felt a connection to this person and I really felt like I, I was in love with them and I felt like I could respond very normally. So you got this beautiful kind of scene and song out of it. And I suppose when you're drawing on sort of the fan, let's say the fan base or the people who are into the musical movies and that kind of yeah. thing, when they're, especially the hypnotised people, when they're in that moment, they're going to be mm-hmm. accessing their subconscious yeah. of like South Pacific or, you know, whatever it is that exactly. they that they love. And through that, I guess you get the satire. Exactly. Yeah, one of the interesting things is that a lot of people don't realise is when someone's actually hypnotised, if they're not actually on stage and they are, in inverted commas, asleep, they can actually hear everything that's going on. So people are always very surprised when they pick up the narrative or if they're a recurring character, their character is aware of the developments that have happened in the story. And one of the nice things as well about doing a musical movie is we can have a song absolutely anywhere because a song can happen just anywhere in a movie, whereas in musical theatre, it's more of a build-up of emotion. What have been some of your favourite titles, premises, moments that you remember from previous performances? Oh, I think uh, one of my favourite titles is The King and iPad, if we're on to the... uh, (laughs) Very good. Scary Poppins. We've had Singing in the Reign of Queen Elizabeth. Oh, I like that. Uh That's good. That was great. Bear Spray. Oh, nice. Penny's from Devon. Oh, yes, you were Penny as well. I was, yeah. Penny's yes. from Devon. I don't, yeah. know, I don't get that one. As in Penny's, Penny's from, from Heaven. Heaven. Again, not something I'm familiar with. <laughs> it's a very it's a very old musical. Very movie. old school, very okay. old school. Okay. They don't have to be puns, of course, but Avenue they tend P- to Avenue get them. P45 we had. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> no, it's always fun when you've got a good title, though, isn't it? Does it help you if you have that title in your head and you sort of know where you can go with it? Yeah, I mean, when when we get the title, it's so soon before we start the opening number. I mean, it's literally a split second because we get the suggestion from the audience. Um, it's put in a little gold envelope and it's kept until the end because we have to do the hypnotising bit in between. So the, the kind of beginning of the structure of the show is um, different to most improv shows. So we kind of, we, we explore the suggestions, but we don't reveal the final one until just before. So it's such a split second before. And um, I think the title is really, really helpful to have in your head and bringing it to a close with that title is normally really satisfying for the audience as well so we definitely try and do that it's yeah there's of... definitely two schools of thought on it some of the improvisers like to have a really generic title like we had one called silence mm. so that didn't that wasn't any kind of pun so you know whereas if you have a title such like the king and ipad you're obviously at some point wanting to pay homage to the king and i mm. So there is two schools of thoughts, and obviously we don't want to just become a uh, taking off that musical. No, it's not just a parody show. Yes, yes. yes. Of course. So when are you running from, until, and where? Our first show is on the 31st, which Uh is one of our previews, and we go right through to the end, to the 26th, I think, off the top of my head. Yep, so the 31st to the 26th, we've got a night off on the 12th. Um, Yes, don't come then, don't come then, you'll just be disappointed. (laughs) Um, And we're every evening at Gilded Balloons, um, brand new Patahus venue. Uh, which is a lovely 260-seater capacity venue, which is great because it means that Gilded have opened up what they can do with some you know, bigger shows with bigger spaces. And every night there from half past 10. Yes, for 70 minutes. Yes. Fab. 
And for those of us who sadly can't make it uh-huh. up to Edinburgh this year, have you got any London or other dates around the country in the offing? In- yes, we're Deed. putting some uh, dates together for a tour and we shall be returning to Hoopla in the autumn uh, where we do a show for... It's, the Hoopla is very close to us. It's one of the uh, places where we both trained and we do a, a scaled-down show there at their uh, improv club. And we'll have tour dates on our website soon. Yeah, we'll be back in back in London in the autumn and then we'll be looking at um, having a regular kind of residency. So uh, for us, it would be ideal to have kind of a monthly residency in the West End and then, because it's quite a big show, and uh, then move on to an autumn tour, kind of touring to the places we toured our previous show to and then looking at kind of going on to festivals that are overseas that have that... Um, connection between musical theatre improv hypnosis there are places that love all of those things so we'll look at taking this show to Canada and to some of the comedy festivals there and um, Australia and onto the US which we toured our last show to as well yes fab well I'll definitely come and see you when you're back in London Thank in the you. autumn I'm going to open the door it's really <laughs> really <laughs> please oh my god oh my goodness oh. I don't know if I'm wet from the shower I had previously I'm like please don't the, lean on me the, the body sweat. heat's killing me oh my goodness do you know what I didn't expect the influx of cold air to be quite oh, so dramatic so thank you so much thank, thank you for taking the time to chat to me and break many legs thank you very much Edinburgh. thank you very thank much you for having us you can see Whose Mind Is It Anyway in Edinburgh at the Gilded Balloons Patterhouse until the 26th of August. But if you want to find out about future dates in London or elsewhere in the country, just head to whosemindisitanyway.com. Next time on the podcast, we're going backstage with Jamie Armitage, the co-director of Six the Musical. He'll be here to talk about Southern Bells, which is headlining the queer season at the King's Head Theatre in London. Don't forget to subscribe to Backstage With to never miss an episode. And while you're there, please do leave a rating and a review on your podcast app. Thanks for listening. Listener.